The number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Anytime you want to get a hold of Savannah through email, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots to get through today. We'll get to the injury calculator and fight for my ltd.com. If you haven't uh, gone or seen either of those, we'll get to those here in just a bit. We always start the show with the week that was. How was it, man? It was very, very busy, John, but very interesting. So I'm going to tell you about a few cases, a few people who contacted me uh, that uh, it's going to elicit some laughs from you and from the audience. So you know how we always talk about long-term disability claims and how we have a lot of individuals who contact me because they're in you know, real need and they're very frustrated with insurance companies. They don't know what to do. Uh, it, they've been denied or they've been cut off. Yep. Uh, legitimate claims or sometimes they haven't been cut off. They're still getting paid, but they're starting to get that sense yep. that something is coming up. They're being sent to the insurance doctor for an assessment or they're being told by their adjuster, let's try and get you back to work, you know, despite what the doctors are saying. Well, h- here's an interesting one. One of the people that contacted me this week is an LTD adjuster, someone who is in that position or has been in that position for many years adjudicating claims. So the LTD adjuster, the disability adjuster herself, who has a certain illness and has to go. LTD. So get this, John. So she applied and she got denied. Wouldn't she know better? Isn't this interesting, right? I mean, how it's poetic justice. And I I don't mean to make fun of her in any way because she has a serious issue. And what does that tell you? That she had contacted us and we are going to help her. And you know what she did not do? Being an LTD adjuster, she did not appeal the denial of her own claim. She knew that she had to come to us from the outset. So here you go. Here you have it. You have an actual LTD adjuster who up until very recently was on the other side of the equation working for insurance companies, I don't know, cutting off people or paying people, whatever she was doing for the insurance company, and now she needs help because she herself has been denied LTD. So that was just interesting. Now here's another interesting thing. So uh, earlier this week, I get a call from... uh, someone upstairs. We have several floors at our building and uh, reception is is calling me and there's a gentleman there who would like a document notarized, an insurance document. I said, okay, you know, I have a few minutes to spare. I'll I'll go and I'll meet this individual. I'll notarize his insurance document, not knowing anything about that. You know, a lot of documents out there, insurance companies, when they want you to sign, they want you to get a separate uh, independent legal advice. Mm -hmm. And so people contact us for that reason. And so I go and I meet with this gentleman and I look at the document that he wants me to notarize. And what is it? It's a full and final release from his long-term disability insurer. Now, let me give you some facts that I learned within a few minutes of speaking with this nice man. He's 43 years old. By profession, he's a laminator. So he does uh, floors and, you know, it's, it's just a no. con- construction type job. Sure. He's been doing that for decades. Uh, he's have he, he's had a really tough time uh, with his knees. He's had six surgeries on both knees wow. uh, in, in the last uh, few years. He has a torn shoulder, apparently, for which he's getting an MRI done uh, and may need surgery. And, uh, of course, he's on LTD. And he got on LTD, on long-term disability, in October of 2015. So why is he coming to me now? Because his insurance company is trying to buy him out. They're telling him, Uh, Between now and October of this year, right, the two-year mark, uh, that time frame is is worth around $15,300 in LTD. So here's what we're going to do for you, they said. Uh, We will pay you that right now, right? We're not going to continue paying you monthly. And every month he's getting about $2,100, right? We're going to give you a check 
for $15,300 and change. Like a lump sum. A lump sum in exchange for that lump sum that we're going to give you right now that pays you up until October of this year. You agree to forgo your benefits going forward so beyond that date. Get them off the books. Get them off the books. Right. Let me do some quick math for you, John. 2100 bucks. it's just over $25,000 per year. He's 43 years old. Let's assume for a second he has a standard policy that takes you up to age 65. If you were to just take $2,100 a month mm-hmm. and extrapolate that, assuming he would qualify until sure. age 65, okay, I mean, there's assumptions here, but that would mean that the insurance company would pay him, if you just do straight math. Best case scenario, yeah. Best case scenario, actually, yeah, best case scenario, over $500,000. <laughs> so they are, you got it. But, but of course, they never presented it that way. Of course not. And why would they? They're simply telling him, listen, we'll give you a check right now for over fifteen grand. In exchange, we want you to get this document. And guess what else? They are offering to have a lawyer uh, review this for him, and they're offering a few hundred bucks for the lawyer to review it. And if he went to any other lawyer, a lawyer that doesn't really specialize in this area or deal with disability cases, the lawyer says, yeah, eh, that's what they're offering. That's what it is, exactly. Yeah. Um, they're not going to go through the entire analysis of what he is foregoing. And then they collect their couple hundred bucks from the insurance company for mm-hmm. giving him the advice. Right. And this guy, who clearly has major issues with his knees, who's never going to work in this job again, He's 43, so I don't know what he can be retrained to do exactly. I'm sure, you know, he probably can be, but I don't know. He's foregoing any future benefits. And I'll tell you, when I went through that analysis with him and I sat with him for half an hour and gone through everything, his eyes were just wide open, just wide open. So I can tell you he did not sign anything that day. He went home and he thought about it. But why am I telling you this? Because this is interesting. I thought I was just coming up there to that little small boardroom to meet with someone who wanted a simple insurance document notarized. Then I find out that really it's the insurance company offering a buyout that is what? One or 2% of what they would have otherwise had to pay. pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar if he would have been entitled to those benefits up until age 65. So be careful, be very, very careful when the insurance company is offering a settlement to you, make sure you get proper legal advice from someone who deals in the area of disability law. I bet you if you took 100 similar cases to this one, there'd be 85% of them just sign and walk away. Without oh, wow. a doubt. Wow, I just got 15 grand. Absolutely, check. without wow. a doubt. How would you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And the thing is that, oh, by the way, sorry, I forgot to mention, he actually did go to another lawyer, and that lawyer didn't go through any of that analysis. Thanks, pal. Right? So you have to make sure <laughs> that you go to a lawyer that deals in that area. It's just like when you're going to a doctor, you're going to make sure that, you know, if you have a heart problem, you're not going to go to a nose uh, uh, throat. Exactly, specialist. Yeah. You're going to go to a cardiologist, right? I mean, you got to make sure you go to the right person. The fact that person is a doctor doesn't mean that they deal in your area, whatever the issue is for you, just like with lawyers. I don't pretend to do in, uh, uh, real estate law or corporate law or family yeah. law. I can refer you to people who sure. do those things, people who have good reputations, but I deal with injuries. I deal with long-term disability. Other people in my office deal, deal with employment law. Right. Very, very important that you go to the right lawyer. one 990 9646 Email is simply help at We'll get to an email as soon as we come right back here and get to more cases on the uh, the week that was right here in the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM 640. The number one 990 9646 It is help at And we'll get to uh, more of our cases here. We'll read some of your emails and get into our topics uh, for day. Uh, concerning LTD. What else you got for me? 
Okay, so let's um, let's talk about that uh, Fight for My LTD mm-hmm. website. Yep. So fightformyltd.com, we created our website uh, a few months back, and it's been very popular. People across the province, across Ontario, have been using it. Why? Because not only does it contain some crucial information, very interesting information about long-term disability claims, but it also contains uh, these five central questions that if you were to answer them, and it'll take you exactly 10 seconds mm-hmm. to go through them, I'll go through some of the questions right now, uh, that gets emailed to me, and I can tell you if you have an LTD case or not. I may ask you for some more information to clarify a few things, but generally these are the questions that I ask. So let's go through one of them that was just recently submitted from Linda. And Linda, um, the, 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 the first question that's being asked of her is, how old are you? And she puts in 52. Mm-hmm. Uh, Second question, have you been denied or cut off long-term disability? She says, yes, naturally. What is the nature of your disability? She writes, chronic back, fibromyalgia, major depression, which, by the way, I see quite a lot, right? Psychological issues, chronic pain type uh, ailments. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fourth question, do you have uh, doctors or treatment providers who are supporting your claim for disability? In other words, do you have doctors who say you cannot work because of your disability? That's very, very important. She says, yes. And then the last question, why has the insurance company denied or cut off your long-term disability? And she puts in, they say it was pre-existing. Now, I will ask her for some clarification. I have what exactly is that pre-existing condition. And I will tell you, John, that just based on the information I have here, I can tell you that most likely she has a case. I do need clarification on the pre-existing issue. The reason I'm confident that she does have a case is because Eight out of 10 times, maybe even higher than that, when the insurance company says that an issue is pre-existing, it's not pre-existing, or they attribute a lot more to the ailment or to disability. In other words, exactly, they read too much into the past. So for example, you're having issues with your back because of an accident, they'll look back at your medical records and they'll see that, you know, a few years back, you went to a massage therapist because you had some back A slip and fall or something at work or whatever. Right, so they're saying, well, you had that all the way back then, therefore, the disability, exactly, you know, Mm -hmm. you're saying that you have back pains now, you can't work. So how do you fight that? You fight that by looking at the records and by looking at exactly what is the condition that is disabling this employee. In other words, the insurance company may be taking a very broad approach, a broad look as to your entire medical history, but the reality is that what's disabling you now is not the same as what disabled you three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. Once I can zoom in and focus on exactly what's disabling you, and once I can figure out from your doctors when this condition arose, I can go back, now you, I can go back to the insurance company and say, aha, you see, the person did not have this pre-existing condition. Now, in addition to that, we look at the policy and we look at what exactly is a pre-existing condition. You know, many times I've been successful in claims in negotiating good settlements and good resolutions because the insurance company's definition of what's pre-existing is not specific enough. One thing people need to understand is this, that whenever we're dealing with long-term disability, we are dealing with a contract. The disability insurance policy is the contract. And the way that the law looks at these contracts is that they have to be very specific in terms of their exclusions. Mm. If an insurance company wants to exclude a claim, and by the way, that's not just disability uh, policies, it's also home insurance policies, car insurance policies, travel insurance policies. If an insurance company is taking the position that somehow your condition is excluded, the exclusion has to be very, very specifically worded. If it's not, if you have two or more reasonable interpretations, 
If this ever goes before a judge, there is a principle in law called contra preferentum, okay, not to get too technical, where the courts have to side with the individual against the insurance company. It's just a principle in law that says that if the exclusionary clause is not specific enough, too broad, too broad, it gets interpreted by the judge, by a court against the insurance company. No insurance company will ever tell you that. Right. I'm telling you that. Nice. Okay? So anyways, going back to this lady here, Linda, I can tell you that based on the information I had received, she does have a case. And the fact that she was excluded LTD as a result of what the insurance company calls a pre-existing condition, no, that's incorrect. She will be able to collect LTD. And if we have to start a claim to force the insurance company to do that, we will do that very, very fast if they don't back down. And trust me, they will pay. One triple eight nine nine zero nine six four six. You got a couple minutes left here. What do you got uh, before we break? Well, uh, there's this lady, Amy, who wrote mm-hmm. to me uh, on on another site. We have mydisabilityquestions.com. Right. And here's what she wrote: Just hi, I'm currently on LTD for anxiety and depression. I have decided not to go back to my old job because the environment exacerbated my anxiety and depression. And the doctor agrees with me. I would like to start applying for to to jobs that are less stressful. Am I allowed to apply to jobs while I'm on LTD? Or do I need to quit my job first? That was the first question. And then she says, uh, will the insurance company cut off my LTD once I quit? And there's some other questions as well there. But good let's questions. Deal, very good questions. Yeah. Excellent. And by the way, these are all public, right? MyDisabilityQuestions.com. Go on there. You can see all the questions yep. and my answers, and you can ask your own questions. Uh, so the answer to the first question, is she allowed to apply to jobs while on LTD? There's nothing that prohibits you from applying to jobs. In fact, insurance company, Encourage I can tell you, right? you, will be very happy yeah. to hear that. Right? Because from their perspective, as soon as you get another job, that's when they can stop paying you. You're mitigating, clear, right? You're mitigating, exactly. But consider this, and, and I'm encroaching here a bit on the employment hour. Right. Uh, try not to quit your own job. If your own job, uh, the, the workplace where you worked at, uh, is toxic, you may have a claim for constructive dismissal. If you quit that job... My partner, Lior, will tell you that you are potentially foregoing significant severance. So don't do that, okay? And it will affect your LTD if, in fact, uh, you find another job. And then she's asking, of course, what happens if I quit my job? Will that affect my LTD? Well, it could affect your LTD, particularly if the LTD insurer takes the position that the nature of your disability is not really your disability, but the toxic work environment. Ah. And oftentimes people come to me with denials for LTD claims because the LTD insurer says, hold on, it's not that you have a disability, so you have a toxic work environment. That's why you're out of there. Exactly. So it's not you can't do your job, it's you Mm -hmm. can't do your job in that environment. And we have to always work around and figure out if that is really the nature of the disability. So very, very important questions, which highlights my point that I always make, that we have both disability lawyers at the firm and employment lawyers at the firm. And so we can protect an individual from all fronts. And we do this across Ontario each and every day. So if you have a question, if you are on LTD or you've been denied LTD, you're having issues with your employer at the same time that you're battling your LTD insurer, come to us, contact us. John's going to give you the number and the email or just go to mydisabilityquestions.com and, you know, Ask a question. For sure. It, it costs nothing, and, and it's anonymous. 
That is the number. That email address again is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. 1-888-990-9646 is the number, and it is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That's the email address from where I get Rob's email. Rob in Ottawa says, uh, my mother slipped and fell on ice last month, broke her hip, right hip. Uh, She was in the hospital for over a week and had surgery. We're very uh, concerned now about her mobility and are thinking of hiring someone to help her at home. She lived by herself, but we don't know if she can continue living by herself. Now she's 67 years old. What do we do? Well, Rob, thanks for your your email. It's uh, it's a very terrible thing that happened to your mother. I've dealt with a lot of hip injuries, particularly people who are older. Uh, These are significant injuries. And what I want to do right now with your email is really break it apart because let's take a look at uh, the various issues in there, the people in your mother's position and family really are in. So number one, um, the, f- the first thing I would say is obviously uh, that we have to start a claim ASAP, okay? Clearly she already got some treatment, she had surgery, uh, you have major, major concerns with respect to mobility and where she's gonna live. So we wanna start a claim against whoever is responsible for this, whoever didn't take care of that ice wherever she fell as soon as possible. So we're gonna have to do some due diligence on our end, okay, when we get involved. But with respect to the uh, monetary uh, elements here, a fracture of a right hip, you know, you're thinking to yourself, well, what does that mean in terms of of money, compensation? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that leads us, of course, to what we always talk about on every show is the injury calculator, injurycalculator.ca. And uh, what is it? It's a free website that we created a few years ago that allows people, Rob, like yourself or like your mother or, or friends and family, to go into it, and within about 30 seconds of just entering some information, not personal information, not identifying information, just information about how old you are, what kind of injury did you have in here, we were talking about a right, you know, right hip fracture, uh, the severity of the injury, the calculator will comb through a database of Canadian cases, court cases, and let you know at the end of it, it will spit out a result that will tell you, based on Canadian case law, here is the amount of money your mother can expect to receive in the event that she has a successful mm-hmm. claim here for whoever was at fault. So let's take you through that, actually. If you go to injurycalculator.ca, you see there is a screen there. It says start now. You put in the accident date, accident location, how old are you, um, what was the cause of your injury, it was a slip and fall, uh, who was the cause for the accident, it was someone else, uh, did the injury affect your income, I assume that your mother, Rob, is, is retired, uh, then you press continue. And then you have a list of injuries that you can click on. Again, these are all click menus. And uh, you are going to put in, let's take a look here, uh, torso, and you select hip, you press continue. So easy. And then you put in uh, fracture, and you have a question, do you experience severe chronic pain or did you require surgery? Well, Rob, you said that your mother had surgery, so yes. And then here you go. According to a survey of Canadian cases, you may be entitled to Ninety thousand dollars up to one hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars for your pain and suffering. Pain and suffering. So let me make this clear: no. you have this range here. It's not a range I came up with. It's a range that the Canadian court cases right, across the country, when you look at them for hip fractures, 
for somebody your mother's age, that is the approximate range. And the reason why you have this range is because different judges in different jurisdictions would have awarded different amounts. So that's why you have that range. And depending on severity and, and exactly. everything else, right? I can yeah. tell you that based on my experience, generally speaking, hip fractures are in the $100,000 to $120,000 range. Right. But here's the thing. You mentioned in your email that you are very concerned about mobility and you're thinking of hiring someone to help her. Now, are you going to hire someone? Is it going to be a family member? Are you going to put her in a home? Listen, homes can easily be two, oh. three, four, five thousand dollars, maybe even more a month. Big time. A month. So you can have a case here, a situation, Rob, where your mother potentially gets, let's say, a hundred, a hundred and twenty thousand dollars for pain and suffering. But in addition to that, you could have an astronomical amount, almost hundreds of thousands of dollars in compensation for. Hiring someone to help her, I don't know, a few hours a day, just do the math what that would cost. And if it's a family member that steps up that, that steps up and helps her, well, under the Family Law Act, and we talked about that before, family members of injured individuals are allowed to also advance claims. They're called you derivative bet. claims. And so for the time and expense that they've incurred in helping this person, they're allowed to advance their own claim for compensation. So you can have a case where the pain and suffering component is worth $120,000 and all the out-of-pocket expenses or the expenses associated with how to deal with this person, how to take care of them, housekeeping, a home, etc. Bathing, snow shoveling, grocery two, three, shopping. Yeah, yeah, two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars So a claim like this could easily get to half a million dollars, <laughs> maybe even a million dollars. So very, very important, Rob, that we start the claim as soon as possible. I always advocate for that. I hope that some photographs were taken of where she fell so that we can actually show that there was no maintenance done, mm-hmm. if that's in fact the case. Uh, so, you know, you emailed me, let's touch base after the show and I'll tell you exactly what needs to be done. And then you and your mother and the rest of the family can talk once you understand the legal options and then you can proceed whichever way you think is best. There's also the angle of uh, possible retrofitting the home. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, you'll, Absolutely. you can't get upstairs, you can't bathe on your own. I mean, a lot of tools and, and then things can be involved, right? Well, That's sh- expensive stuff. It's very expensive. You know, I was, I was at the home show recently here in Toronto and uh, you know, they, they, they have these uh, companies that, you know, if you have multi-story houses, uh, they, they put this elevator or this thing, the, electric, you know, chairs, electric chairs yeah. that takes you up, you know, the, the steps, right? I mean, that's very, very expensive. So 100%, oftentimes when you're injured in such a severe way uh, you, and you want to stay where you are, you have to then do certain modifications. And those can run into the tens, if not yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Get to a quick uh, quick email here, or rather a quick uh, LTD question before we go to a break in about a minute. So uh, a person's on LTD, uh, sent to their insurance adjuster to a doctor, and then that doctor uh, says the person's able to return to work but on modified duties, but now the employer says we don't accommodate, we don't provide modified duties. What does that disabled person do? Well, what does a person do in that situation? I mean, this is a very, very common scenario. Uh, you know, listen, the fact that the insurance doctor says uh, that you can do certain type of work or go back to work doesn't mean anything to me if the person's own doctors are disputing that because the insurance doctor, don't forget, is a hired gun. That person was hired and paid for by the insurance company. And so long as my client or the disabled individual has their own doctor saying something contrary, I can almost guarantee you, not going to guarantee you, almost guarantee you 
that I can get around that insurance doctor. We'll take a quick break. In fact, we'll get to a uh, question that literally just as you were speaking came in uh, about LTD. So we'll get to that. In the meantime, the number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, ma'am six forty. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. As we were talking during the last segment, uh, you had a question come in right there on your mobile. I did. That's how active it is. Well, that's the thing, and I check it all the time. I'm obsessive compulsive when it comes to this. This came on uh, through uh, fightformyltd.com. This comes from Terry. Mm. Uh, and uh, how old are you? Uh, Terry says, 58. Have you been uh, denied or cut off LTD? Yes. What is the nature of your disability? Spinal stenosis. Uh, do you have doctors or treatment providers supporting your claim for disability? Yes. Now get this. Why has the insurance company denied or cut off your long-term disability? Answer. They say that I can take a minimum wage part-time job. <laughs> nice. So I literally got this in the last 30 seconds, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, this is absolutely crazy, and I get this all the time where insurance companies, again, remember, they're in the business of making money. And the way to make money for insurance companies, other than collecting premiums, is not to pay out yeah, or to pay out as little, yeah, as little possible. So I have no idea uh, what Terry does for a living. I have no idea exactly what his doctors have said. But here's what I can tell you. If Terry took the time to fill out this questionnaire, nine out of 10 times when this happens, a person contacts me because they feel they've been wronged, not because they're trying to screw the system. That's not what they're trying to do. They, they feel like they've paid into it or they mm-hmm. have an insurance policy, a safety net in place, and now it's evaporated. The insurance company is just washing their hands off of it. Here's the deal. Most insurance companies out there, LTD policy specifically, that's what I'm talking about, the test as to whether or not you qualify for long-term disability within the first two years of disability is can you do your own job? If your doctors say that because of X and Y reasons, those being your disabilities, you cannot do your own job, you should qualify. I want to see why the insurance company is saying that you should not. I can tell you again, nine out of 10 times, someone comes to me and gives me that reason, I call it an excuse by the LTD insurer for cutting them off or denying them disability. I can get around it. I can rebut whatever the insurance company is saying and the insurance company ends up paying my client. Beyond that two-year mark, okay, many people are cut off at that two-year mark. Why? Because they assume that this is what they get disability for. They assume that's the, the time frame. They assume everyone gets you know, cut off or denied at a two-year mark. No, that's not true. Very few policies out there are two-year policies. Oftentimes, they, those policies will take you up to age 65. The reason why people hit this wall at the two-year mark is because the, 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 the qualification for getting disability changes. Yeah, it the kicks definition. Into different criteria. Exactly, yeah. different criteria. And what is that criteria? It's not, no longer can you do your own job. It's can you do any job, but wait, it doesn't end there, any job for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. So if you're an orthopedic surgeon, no one's going to ask you to take a job delivering newspapers. Yeah, Nothing which wrong is basically with that job. what they're asking him to do. Well, that's exactly it, yeah. exactly. Sure, and, he's qualified. Sure, he can do it, but that's not the point. You got it. So oftentimes, the insurance <laughs> company you know, will tell you that. You know, I, I was at a mediation uh, recently where the you know, disability insurance lawyer, uh, in their opening, they said, uh, you know, they said well, you know, you, your client can do this job and this job, and, and you know, they can go back and do their old job. 
And it was so clear and obvious to me and everyone in the room that that was bull, that that was nonsense. And how do we know at the end of the day that it was nonsense, John? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the mediation, the insurance company agreed to write a check in the six figures in settlement for my client. So if they really believed all that crap that they were spewing Mm -hmm. before the mediation and during the mediation, and when they had denied my client their, you know, LTD claim, they would not have paid anything. Certainly nothing in the six figures range. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, people need to understand that when the insurance company cuts them off or denies their long-term disability claims, they do so because they are trying to save money, not necessarily because legitimately the person should be denied or cut off. We'll get a uh, quick email here, a sad one here, because we got a couple minutes left. Says uh, Sam from Ajax. Samuel says, my friend's husband was uh, killed in a car accident about a year ago. He was only 46, and he was the breadwinner of the family. My friend contacted several lawyers about a claim since her husband wasn't at fault for the accident, and they all said that the most she could get in any legal claim is between fifty and $60,000. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't make sense to me, Samuel. And, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think is happening here, and I would want to speak with you in a bit more detail or with, with your friend uh, once she's up to it. Uh, here's the thing. When someone dies, uh, there are certain claims that you can make in a car accident situation. There is a claim with the accident benefits insurer. Uh, generally, the accident benefits insurer will pay $25,000 lump sum to an eligible spouse, uh, as well as $10,000 lump sum to each dependent, like a, like a child. Okay. And, and of course, then you have also uh, $6,000 in funeral uh, benefits. Now, you can actually have those benefits increase depending on the policy you have, but that's just from your own insurance company, your own auto insurance. Uh, there is also a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident against their insurance company. And this is where I think the assessment is incorrect here. We're going to go into a commercial break, but afterwards I'm going to go into an analysis of what people who have lost loved ones uh, in car crashes, what they should consider in these situations. Perfect. one 990 is the number. The email, once again, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you haven't tried it out, check out the Injury Calculator. See what your pain and suffering could uh, could amount to, injurycalculator.ca. More of the Insurance Injury Law Show coming right up. Talk Radio, AM 640. 1-888-990-9646 is the number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We, took, uh, we finished our last break talking about someone who had lost somebody in a car crash. And you want to go through some of the benefits that a uh, family can uh, get into when it comes to de- uh, a deceased loved one in, in a car crash, yeah? That's right. And, and tragic, tragic situations. Unfortunately, it happens. Um, it, it does happen. You need to understand and know what can be done or what compensation the family uh, is owed in the event of someone dying oh. uh, in a car accident. So what we're talking about initially is the accident benefits component. So uh, Samuel, who wrote to us about his friend's husband who was killed, um, you know, the accident benefits insurer, the automobile insurer uh, for the wife here, the surviving mm-hmm. spouse, uh, she would be getting $25,000 lump sum because she's an eligible spouse under the policy. Uh, if there are any children, they would get $10,000 each as well. Uh, and she'd get up to $6,000 for funeral benefits. Those are for standard automobile benefits. Yep. Okay. Now, she's going to have potentially a claim against whoever was at fault for the accident, for the fact that she had lost a husband and the fact that her ch- uh, children, if they had any, uh, lost a father. Yep. Uh, so... Uh, you know, for that, again, you can actually go to injurycalculator.ca. And if I were to go on it, put in the accident date, accident location, how old the person was, uh, it's a car accident, someone else was at fault, 
under the main injury categories, you go to fatality. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know that was there. There is absolutely. Oh, wow, okay. It's more common than you think, John. Uh, and you select husband, and uh, it's asking, were you living together? And you say yes. In that case, they were. And the calculator says that according to our survey of Canadian cases, you may be entitled to 40000 to $70,000 for pain and suffering. Of course, I mean, no amount of money is going to compensate her for Obviously. the husband she lost. And it's ridiculous to think of a lost life, uh, a 43-year-old man, uh, sorry, a 46-year-old man as, as, you know, being worth that. I mean, it, it's horrible, but that's what the Canadian case law indicates that a judge would award in a case like this. Now, Samuel says that when this lady went for some legal advice, she was told by various lawyers that the most she could get would be fifty to $60,000. So that falls within that range. Right. But here's something that I think is being missed. Samuel says that uh, this gentleman was the main bread earner uh, for the family. And it's very important to understand that when someone dies and there is a family that relies on that person on their income, the family is entitled to advance a claim for that loss of income they're not going to get 100 cents on the dollar, right? Mm -hmm. The law presumes that you and I, John, when we bring money into our families, we also spend some of that money on ourselves. So there are different theories for how to figure out, right? How to figure out. So maybe the family is going to be owed 60, maybe 70% uh, of the money that that person had uh, brought in and now cannot bring in by virtue of being dead. So if that person was making $50,000, maybe a year, maybe that person, that, that family now, is entitled to, let's say, 30000 of that on a yearly basis up until a certain age. Okay. So really important to understand that that fifty or $60,000 that those lawyers that this lady has been going to have told her, this is what you can get, that's probably for the pain and suffering component. Alone, yeah. Yeah, alone, exactly, under the Family Law Act for the loss of the care, guidance, and companionship that now she doesn't have because her husband had died. But it doesn't compensate her or the family for the loss income. And that can be, again, you know, he's 46 years old. It could be very, very high. I mean, he could easily be over a million dollars depending on how much he was earning. So again, really important to understand that these kinds of sensitive claims, you want to make sure you go to the right lawyer who deals with these kinds of cases so that you really do understand the full scope of compensation you could be looking at. We'll take a, a short break. We'll wrap up with a couple emails. We still got a, a few minutes to go. The Insurance Injury Law Show, the number one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six, and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The Insurance Injury Law Show, right here on Talk Radio, AM six forty. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Do you want to send an email uh, now or after the show? Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Jamie from Thunder Bay writes in, says uh, my husband has appealed his long term disability denial twice already. There you go. And doesn't want to pursue a claim even though his doctor says he can't work because of his gout. He's listening to your show and wants to understand why a legal claim is different than an appeal. Well, Jamie, we started the show by me discussing and telling you uh, and all the listeners about this insurance adjuster, LTD adjuster, who had contacted me after her own claim was denied by the insurance company. And she did not appeal the denial. So what does that tell you? So, Jamie, and to your husband who's listening... There is a very big, in fact, I would say huge difference between starting a legal claim against the insurance company for a denial of an LTD claim than appealing. When you're appealing their decision, you are essentially asking essentially the same people or their friends or colleagues, can you please look at all my documents again? Or here's a few more reports. Can you please reassess my claim? Can you please, please, please 
acknowledge that I've given you what I needed to give you, and so therefore I'm entitled to LTD. Most of these appeals are useless. They will go nowhere, which is evidenced, Jamie, by the fact that your husband got denied twice. I don't know how much time had elapsed. I'm assuming months and months and months. So he's probably exhausted. He's frustrated. He doesn't want to deal with it. He just want to wash off, you know, just wash his hands off of all of this. But the reality is this. If his own doctors are saying that because of his gout, he cannot work, I am telling you that I can get him proper compensation from the LTD insurer. And the way I do it is my team and I get all the information, make sure we get all the medical reports we need. Sometimes we need to contact the physicians directly that are treating your husband, getting some clarifications, and preparing a legal claim, a legal claim Mm -hmm. that the insurance company can simply not ignore. It's not an appeal. It's a legal claim, okay? It's not an appeal. Very important to understand, very distinct. The insurance company, once they get that legal claim, will then give the case to one of their defense lawyers. So you have a fresh pair of eyes, a lawyer who understands what happens when these cases end up in court, which, of course, many of them and most of them don't. Why? Because the insurance companies don't allow these claims to get to court. They will try to settle the case. And that's what's going to happen here. If your husband comes to me, if we handle the case, we will start the claim very, very fast. And I can tell you that he will get resolution. He will be paid what is owed to him. And at the very least, he's going to be satisfied that he's left no stone unturned. Got a, a couple minutes left here. Tell us some of this, some of your some of your secrets, techniques you use to get long-term disability companies to pay more money and settle. Oh boy, fess up! I have to talk about some secrets. Okay, <laughs> well, you know, listen, it's very helpful to me that uh, I've done insurance defense in the past and I've worked for insurance companies uh, in a different context, not in the LTD context, but certainly defending car accidents, slip and falls, yep. etc. So I understand the way that insurance companies operate, and oftentimes it's very difficult for lawyers who haven't worked for insurance companies to understand Mm -hmm. how it is that insurance companies assess claims and why they want to settle claims and why they don't want to settle claims. Uh, So, you know, I I always focus on the medical documentation. Having a quick note from a doctor may just not be enough because the insurance company operates on paper. They need paper. They need paperwork. It's a bureaucratic system, but that's the way it works. So you have to make sure that whoever's treating you for your disability or for your injuries you have to make sure that you know your, your disabilities are recorded properly. You have to understand that you need the medical trail. Uh, if, you, if you're being sent to various specialists, you don't want loose ends, right? If you had that MRI, you want to know what that MRI showed. And if, in fact, it shows a tear, for example, on your shoulder, well, you know, you got to ask your doctor, mm-hmm. well, what do I do now? Do I need surgery or not? So you have to be a little bit more proactive. You have to choose the right mediator to resolve your claim. Many lawyers just don't care about the mediators. They, they simply don't, uh, which is a mistake. I always try to negotiate who is the mediator that is going to mediate this claim. Why? Because most of these cases settle at mediation. So you want someone who has a lot of experience. And lastly, I will put it out there. One of the things that I'm, very, I'm a huge fan of is uh, I will get testimonials, testimonials from family members, from friends, perhaps colleagues right. of my client who will all attest to the fact that my client cannot work or has difficulty working. Why? Because these people, arguably, don't have you know, an agenda. I mean, they know my client. They've known them for a long time. But you know, my client, for them, it's money. It's about money. They want to resolve their claim. They want to get compensation. Yeah, these people have no skin but in the family, game, right? They have no skin in the game, yep. exactly. And it's very, very difficult for the insurance companies to rebut those lay witnesses. It's very, very powerful. 
We'll uh, take it from there. In the meantime, you need to get a hold of Savannah anytime. The number is one 990 9646 Again, 1-888-990-9646. You want to email help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you haven't uh, tried it yet, go to the Injury Calculator. Find out what your pain and suffering could be. Injurycalculator.ca. Till next time, this is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM 640.